All right, Ambush, and today we are joined by a rising Toronto a singer, a song, a writer. He made his first step into the music industry with an EP entitled The Fight, and that led him to a second project entitled A Vice Love in 2019. And like we said, it's been rising. It's been heating up, and sometimes they say the third time's the charm, and ooh, from what I've heard so far, I must say, it must be true, because we are here today to talk about a third project, a third EP entitled Testarossa, with my guest today, Sam Drysdale. How's it going today, Sam? Happening, man. I'm very impressed. Like, I, I, very few people that... uh that ever asked me for interviews uh, are able to, to, to go all the way back and find out, you know, anything about the fight. So I'm impressed that you, you did some real digging there. Hey, hey, I almost, I, last night I had saw debut EP written beside Vice Love and then I was like, oh no, we were about to make a mistake. Can't do that. <laughs> oh man, I'm impressed. Just let me ask you, would you prefer, am I, should I be better this way or do you like, or is vertical okay? What do you, uh, I, can, I mean, I can set the camera up either way. So whatever you prefer. All right. Sideways is probably more preferable for us here. Hey, got you. Give me one second. Boom. Either way, we got you. Either way, we got you. We're here. We're talking some new music and it is a beautiful day. So, of course, I want to start out with when exactly did this uh, new EP begin to take form? Because like I mentioned, Vice Love came to us in the middle of 2019 but our first taste of this new EP came in January of twenty or in August of 2021. So almost about two years in between yeah. those two things. So when did Testarossa begin to take form? Yeah, dude. Funny enough, the first song that we wrote for Testarossa was the, the, the at this point, uh, pending when this comes out, the, the the our most recent single, "Nothing on You," which just came out at the end of December of 2021. That was actually the first song we wrote for the record. And it's also the last song I played live before the pandemic. I closed out a show with it sort of as an experimental song at the top of 2020. So end of January 2020, right before the pandemic hit, um, I played uh, Nothing On You live. And we had written that song like two or three months before that. So I started writing Testarossa um, at the end of 2019, like September of 2019. So, yeah, it basically took two years to sort of come to, to uh, you know, to, to be fully realized. Oh, wow. Okay. So um, you mentioned that you had brought it out into the world, began working. But of course, as you mentioned, we had the pandemic. And of course, with that, studio time became difficult as well and everything else. Uh, so exactly how did the recording process for this new EP take place once you actually got around to that part uh man so we were lucky that we could still get into the the studio uh in person like just you know it's pretty sparsely typically the reason that i started my, the, the sort of um the main producer on the project it's between two guys mr joey Verscotti and mr andrew martino and andrew martino and i aka marty uh formerly the drummer of down with webster and and a band called honors and He's just a really wicked dude. Him and I really started crafting the EP together, just the two of us. And we were writing songs, just him and I in the studio um, at the very beginning when, when, when you, it was like super limited. And every now and then we'd get lucky enough to have Miss Alexandra Sumalias, who goes by Ali Sue, in with us as well. 
So just the three of us could sort of bunker down uh, on certain days and, and try to make stuff happen from a writing perspective. But to actually to actually like get in and, and, and start working through the full recording process, we did have to wait till things like started opening up. And yeah, it was super frustrating, man. I mean, even now in you know, January of 2022, uh, it's the music, the music world is tough. It's tough to, to make things happen kind of the way you envision them all the time. But, you know, overall, we made it work. Mm-hmm. It's, we've all had to adapt and it definitely sounds like you were able to do that, but also maybe having that benefit of a smaller songwriting crew, maybe a smaller production crew, maybe allowed you to get a little bit more done. No, it's that it's it's you're absolutely right. And that's a big thing for me, man. I, I like to keep teams small. When I was younger as a musician and as a person, it was all just about grabbing as many people as I could, working with as many people as I can. But now that I'm older and uh, you know, working on the on putting out the third project, like I, I just know who's gonna vibe and who's not gonna vibe. And you gotta give people a good chance for sure. But I also know I know that I like, you know, who I like to write with. I know how I like to write. I know what the processes that I like to go through are and uh, just sort of the order of operations. So, you know, uh, tight, tight circles, mm-hmm. they, can, they, they can work. Oh, absolutely. And it's always good to have that refined set of ears to help a project along, maybe hear something that you don't hear. But sometimes when you have too many ears, then you get too many opinions, some of them clash and... Yeah, man, it's almost like you've been you've been an artist yourself and a songwriter because that's exactly you're exactly spot on. Too many ears is uh, can be super dangerous and it can be it can be really uh, it can, you know, it can just interrupt the way that things need to naturally flow in order to put out art that makes sense. And, uh, you know, I'm lucky that I found a couple of people that really that I really trust. And as an artist, like that's you're only as good as the people that you can trust and the people that really have your back. And I mean. I don't. I think that this project could, could do it for us. I think we could really start to see some some solid turnaround on the music that we've been, you know, spending a lot of time developing. And and I'm really really grateful for the people that have stuck by me for sure. Awesome. All well, the teamwork makes the dream work. And of course, you mentioned one Andrew Martino there. His time with down with Webster. He's had quite a few, bit of time inside of the music industry, not just as an artist, but as a producer and a songwriter. So. Absolutely, yeah. What exactly was Andrew able to uh, bring to the process? What was maybe something that you learned from him during this time? Man, what, what, I mean, it's funny you call him Andrew. Everyone calls him Marty. What, what Marty brings to a room that's like more valuable than anything he'd ever bring musically is he's, there's no producer I've ever worked with that'll just make you feel, feel more inherently comfortable. He's a really, really, really seriously, genuinely nice person. And as an artist, if you're going to come in and you're trying to make music that, you know, even if it's a, a fluffy song, like even if it's a fluffy pop record that you're going after, the best way to go after it is just to be as vulnerable as possible when you're trying to make music, when you're trying to write a record. And having collaborators that are really, really um, receptive to vulnerability and are very open and honest and make you feel safe, uh, you know, do. It, it's sometimes it's very tough to distinguish between whether or not you're in a songwriting session or a therapy session. Like it's, it's, it looks the same. And, uh, and Andrew d- does a really good job at making things feel comfortable. And obviously he's a tremendous musical talent and he's passionate about music. He always, you know, he reminds me of like Timbaland. Like when you see clips of Timbaland and he's just like so excited about 
a bass line that he's just come up with or you see him and he's just like knocking on some drums that he's working up for and like videos of him and Kanye. It's like Marty's the same way. And that's infectious and that's invaluable. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And like you mentioned too, that vulnerability, allowing things to flow and how music or how it's therapeutic because music is therapy, not just for the writer, but also for the listener. And having that vulnerability definitely gives them something more to connect with, maybe helps the listener to heal as well, right? No, and, th- and that's where it's coming from, man. Like when you're a listener and you listen to a record, you listen to a song, like, you know, one guy I've been listening to a lot lately is, is Alec Benjamin. You listen to some lyrics by him and it's like, you can tell that that guy had to like sit down with himself and probably put himself through some shit in order to, in order to write those lyrics, you know what I mean? And that's what really translates as a listener. Like I think now, especially in the, the day and age we're in where there's so much music, good lyrics and good storytelling and like really good sort of emotional vulnerability in songwriting is more important than ever. And that really comes out as an artist in the writing session. As a listener, when you're, you know, you bury yourself in your big over-ear headphones and you, you, you know, maybe you're listening to a song late at night, but as the artist, you really get that moment of like, just like letting it all out when you're actually writing it. And that's why it's so important to collaborate with people that make you feel comfortable. Absolutely. Very, very important. And I want to dive into some of these songs that came out of this process here. And of course, I want to kick it off with our first taste of this new EP, which came to us in, like I mentioned, August of 2021 with Dream About a Girl. So what exactly was the uh, energy? What is this dream that you were trying to capture? Bandit. What that song is really about is, I mean, it's, it's, I've said this in a couple of interviews, but it's a, it's a funny thing. Cause I actually wrote the, the, the start of that song genuinely, like in kind of, I kind of woke up and had it in my head and it happens every now and then where, um, if you've been making a lot of music, like, I think that this only really happens if you're in a cycle where you're writing all the time and you're listening to a ton of music and you're very actively just list music all the time. Sometimes you'll go to sleep and you'll, you'll like little melodies will just pop up in your brain while you're sleeping. Like in the same way where if you are playing too much of a video game, you'll start dreaming about a video game. And the same thing happened with Dream About a Girl. And, and uh, I actually started writing a couple of the melodies and a couple of the lyrics literally in my sleep one day. I woke up, I remember I woke up and I went out to my iPhone and I recorded this little idea. But essentially that song is about, it's about dreaming of a position of, about being in a position that's a lot sweeter than the one you're currently in, in a relationship with someone else. And it's about, it's about realizing when you're, when you're in this dream that, that something isn't totally right. And that there's something out there that might be better for you and could be in, and it doesn't even necessarily mean that it's with another person. It just means that there's a version of that relationship that could, that, that could be healthier. It could be better. And, um, to this day, I don't really know, you know, the dream about, I don't really know who that girl is that I had that dream about that sort of got me thinking like, am, am I in the right place in this relationship? And, you know, it's a, it's a, it was a funny song. It, um, and it was written directly in the middle of the heat of sort of writing all the songs for this project. So it was, it really came out like, right. Like it came out of me right in the middle of all the songwriting process. 
Wow. Okay. So like you mentioned, you were right in the heat of that moment, getting it all done. And then suddenly the idea came to you. And I love how you mentioned that, where it's, there could be something better. Maybe it doesn't have to be with somebody else, but it's, there's room to grow. And I mean, maybe you don't know who the girl is yet, but when that time comes, you know that you're going to be a better man. That's all, that's all you can hope for, man. And it's just, yeah, it was just about cherishing that idea that, um, that, you know, when that thing makes itself present, that person or that, that version of the same relationship, whatever it was, um, just making sure that, you know, you take care of it. Relationships are all about whether or not you got to have people's backs, got to take care of people. Hey, and love and friendship and family, all of them. You got to make sure that your people are okay. Tell them that you love them. All of those wonderful things. All right. Yeah. Hey, hey, all right. And of course, you also mentioned that our latest taste of this upcoming EP came to us at the end of December with nothing on you, which it's a beautiful, it's a powerful track. And of course, once again, I would love to know what exactly went into this song here. Sure, man. I mean, yeah, it is. It's kind of the biggest sounding song on the record. It was, as I said, the first song that we wrote after Vice Love. And I kind of wanted to write a sister track to the, the first song on Vice Love, which was Like a Man. And uh, I've always loved big cinematic production. Like the first time I ever heard The Hills by the weekend, I was just like, whoa, like this is just like, you know, massive i love massive like i love hans zimmer productions and in, in films like hans zimmer scores i love big like even even big productions like like things that mark ronson does when it's more just just big production big everything like lots of lots of sound and and that's what i wanted to bring to a song and uh and yeah man just something sexy always about playing a song in six eight with that you know, that kind of like 50 shades of gray vibe. And, and I, I wanted to write something like that, sort of like, a, as I said, a sister song to like a man. And that was, that was legitimately the first song we wrote in the writing process. And it was, it's, you know, it's, it'll, it's, it's made the cut. It's made it all the way here. So. Hey, and I'm, I'm glad that it did make the cut. And like you mentioned, it's got really big production, but it also has like a, uh, a simple feel to it in a way too, which I also love how you sort of brought to life that cinematic idea. Also a sort of that simple, but also very big feel inside of the music video for this song as well. Yeah, definitely, man. This, the music video for this song honestly might be my favorite one we've shot so far. Um, for this project, every single thing that that is coming out from a visual perspective, like whether it be single artwork, music videos, you know, branding across the board, everything is being handled by just me and one other person. Like I decided with this whole record, I wanted to really funnel and, and hone in on everything that sort of encompasses an artist, specifically visually. I don't think I ever realized how much visuals meant to me before this project i kind of just said like i'll make the music you make the music videos you make the single artwork you know I'll hire that hire that out and with vice love i realized i was super uncomfortable with that I, I really didn't know that i had it in me and so now with this new project everything we're doing every music video i produce myself and uh it's all between me and my creative director helder matthias and um 
this, I, this with nothing on you, that video wasn't even supposed to be an official video. It wasn't supposed to be this big thing. It was just going to be a, a little visualizer because we didn't anticipate nothing on you being sort of a, uh, you know, like a standalone single. We just wanted to give it something very simple. And then we got in there and we just kind of, we just decided that we were going to, you know, embellish on the idea a little bit and make, and make something more full. And I'm really glad we did because it's, I think it's a beautiful video. Like it's, we shot it on some, um, I think it was some 35 mil film and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really excited about it. The dancer she, is beautiful. She absolutely crushed it. And it just kind of captures the whole vibe of the, the song really well. Mm-hmm. It's the dancer, like you mentioned, killed it. And then the lighting too, just really brings it to life. And then you get halfway through the song where it starts to pick up and, yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh no, man, it was all the whole idea originally for that song. I had this sort of larger budget, more grandiose vision for that video. And I'm glad that we got, we ended up keeping it so simple, but I just really wanted to bounce between the contrast of like, it's a really big, powerful song. And then I wanted there to be this really soft sort of more beautiful element to it. Like, like a ballet dancer, like someone just kind of floating around and, and moving very sort of sensually and, 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 um, just softly. And I, I love the contrast between high energy and then, and then that sort of like silky smooth, soft nature. And so those things pair really well together. They're kind of opposites, but just the dynamic between those two visuals, I think makes for a really beautiful music video. Oh, I must agree. And it's, this entire EP is incredible. I've loved everything that I've heard of it. And as of the recording of this interview, it's still a week away from its official release. But of course, you've been working to this point for almost two years now. So what is it sort of uh, what's the feeling like right now to know that you're on the precipice, to know that you're almost there to having Testarossa out onto that racetrack? It's good, man. It's really good. And I actually, I have a little special surprise for you that I'll send you after this, but we actually are, we're adding a little bit of a last minute uh, change to one of the songs on the record. And it's going to come out in two different versions, but not even, no one's heard this, uh, this sort of uh, second version of the song. And I'm going to send it to you after this so you can hear it. But um, yeah, we're, we're making adjustments all the way till the last sort of second here. We're shooting a music video now in just a couple days, only a few days before the release of the whole project. And this, this, this music video, I have no doubt will be the best one that we've done yet. It's, it's got the biggest team, the biggest sort of budget, the biggest everything. Like it's just got the biggest, um, you know, sort of pre-production planning and really, really excited to get that out as well. But yeah, man, I just wanted to create something from the start you know, a year and a half, two years ago, that two years down the line, I, I, I knew I would have flushed out every single possible creative sort of idea I had visually, sonically, everything. I just wanted to know that I've like, you know, tried every little thing I wanted to try and that this was sort of like the, the six final diluted songs that I could come up with. And it's really, really fucking exciting. I hope I can swear. Uh, yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you absolutely can. And I love that. It's the heat is on. We're getting close to the release, but it, the work is not done and it won't be done. The future holds a beautiful things by the sounds of things here. That's all we can hope for, man. Lots of stuff planned. It's January 21st today and we got 
yeah, live shows, more music videos, more visuals, and maybe even some more music in 2022. Um, I really think that as far as Sam Drysdale is concerned, this is probably going to be the, the biggest year yet. And I, I mean, I should say that with a little bit more certainty because it, it is going to be, it's going to, we're, we're, we're going to burn it down this year. That's a promise. Hey, hey, and I cannot wait. And if the listeners, the fans want to stay up to date with this year with the burning and down process, how can they go ahead and do that? What's the best way? I would say if, if, you, if you really want to come, if you want to just follow along and, and, and be, be sort of along for the ride and the, at the sort of real base level, like Instagram is the best way to do it. I, I'm still, I'm a bit of an old dog. Like I still love putting together a little bit of a curated Instagram page that, that, that really shows, you know, something hopefully resembling an artist and an idea and a brand. And, and um, you know, you follow me on Instagram at Sam Drysdale music, come find me on, um, uh, on, on my YouTube channel as well. I'm really proud of the music videos we've been making. And, uh, yeah, it would, it would be a privilege to have you sort of follow along with us on the, on the YouTube channel as well. So Instagram and YouTube uh, are, are my two favorite mediums right now. We'll be doing some stuff on TikTok as well, you know, getting some some live music out there because I think people could, could really use it. But um, yeah, either of those platforms are fantastic. And then obviously for music, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, they've been showing me a lot of love so far for the record. And um, yeah, come and, come, and, come and follow us over there as well. Hey, and you can find links in the description to this show today to do exactly that. Sam, I have a one last question for you here today. Are you ready for it? Yeah, absolutely. Hit me. All right. So we have talked about this a process of crafting this a new EP Testarossa over the last couple of years. We've talked about a couple of the singles and otherwise, but now what I would like to know is through this time, through this process, how has it helped you to grow as a person or what has it taught you about yourself? That's a deep question, my man. That's a very deep question. Um, here's what I would say. With this, with this project, my biggest, you know, you always hear artists talk about, you know, if you ever watch interviews with, you know, big, big, serious A tier artists, you'll always hear if, so, if the interviewer asks them, you know, what, what do you, what are some things you wish you knew when you were younger? Almost all of them say, I wish that I trusted myself more. Every single time you see, you hear them say, I wish I went with my gut. I wish I trusted myself. You know, I wish I trusted my vision. And with this project, that's like, I put that at the forefront of my mind. And I really gave myself permission to just trust my intuition about you know, what makes a good record, what makes a good art, you know, a good art as a whole visually, sonically, and then what really makes for a compelling artist. And I think that's what I learned about, you know, about myself is to give to that. It's totally, that's what art, being an artist is. It's giving yourself permission to just say like, fuck everyone else. This is what I'm doing. If you vibe with it, that's fantastic. If it's not, it's all good. Like I'll catch you down the road. It's, but you need to you need to say that you like you need to get to a point in your personal life as a as a human where you're comfortable enough to say that to yourself and to just say like this is what we're doing it's that simple it doesn't have to be anything else i don't i don't got to play by your rules i don't got to play by your rules you got to play by your own rules and and giving yourself permission to do that and the, having the confidence to do that is super important and um yeah 
I don't think with the, the, the past projects you mentioned, I had done that fully. And with this one I have, and I, it's, uh, yeah, I got, I got no regrets. Hey, awesome. I love to hear it. And like we mentioned earlier, sometimes letting a few too many voices, a few too many opinions in can clutter things up. You got to be true to you. Absolutely, man. I mean, that's what being an artist is, dude. Like no one can, no one can sit down with a pencil or a crayon or a marker and draw the same picture you're going to draw. Like it's just no, it's can't happen. And you know, that's, that's what being an artist is all about. And that's what gives people meaning and gives people fulfillment. Like everything else is just noise. Absolutely. I love this lesson. I have loved this conversation and I love this new EP, Testarossa, which the listeners can go and find right now on their favorite music streaming service. Thank you so much, Sam, for joining us here today on the DTP. Thank you very much for having me, man. Really appreciate it. And great questions as well. I've done a lot of interviews. These were, uh, I think this is probably my favorite, my favorite question set. So you're good at your job. I appreciate it. All right, Amboj, you can go ahead and find Sam Drysdale's brand new EP, Testarossa, on your favorite music streaming service right now when you're there. Hit follow. While you're at it, you might as well go ahead. You better go ahead and follow Sam Drysdale over on your favorite social media too so you don't miss out on new music and any other amazing, incredible, wonderful things as Sam Drysdale is going to be getting up to in the future. Ooh, yes, you definitely don't want to miss that. And with that, it's time that we thanked Sam one final time for joining us here on today's episode of the DTP. And who do we have to thank for making it happen? Well, it is the amazing Jamie from over at Strut Entertainment. We have to thank German from YP Editor for making everything sound so good. Last but not least, we need to thank you, the Ambush, for tuning on into today's episode of the show. Have you not joined up with the ambush yet? Well, it's as easy as subscribing to the DTP. So what are you waiting for? If you've already joined the AM, there's a few other incredible ways that you can help the show. And that's by sharing this episode, heading on over to your favorite podcast listening app and giving the show a five star review. You can also head on over to deserttiger.shop to go ahead and find yourself something to represent and support the show everywhere that you go. Oh yeah, with that, it's now time that we say our final bye-bye, but not before I tell you, go out, find your roar, and then let it out into the world. And until next time, am bye-bye. The Desert Tiger Podcast.